Alrighty, welcome to Wednesday Night Musical Osmosis, where intelligent, dissident thought meets melodic, euphonious reality. I am your musically magnanimous host, Nick the Saucy One Cat Source, broadcasting to you live, as always, from the shadow of Hurricane Mountain here in Tennessee. And I also want to introduce my procussively proficient co-host, calling all the way in from Charm City, Maryland, Odell Norman. Hey, what's up, man? Happy New Year. Happy New Year's, my friend. Um, yeah, I started having to say percussively proficient a lot slower because I kept slurring it every time I like rambled through it. So I don't want to sound like a complete <laughs> idiot. So I kind of slowed it down phonetically. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so on the line with us is Mr. Al Piss from the Deacons and M13 and the Piss yeah. and all things good to come out of that genre and scene. What's up, Al? Hey, everybody. Do we have anybody else on the line, D? Yes, we do. Who else do we have on the line? It's me, Kev. Hey. Kevin, what's up? Kevin. <laughs> what's happening? All right. Happy New Year's. Um, lurking you in the shadows is always in the shadows of the shadows of Hurricane Mountain. D, our illustrious producer. Wow. Keeping this musical ship afloat. <laughs> yes. Boop, boop. That's it. That's right. There you go. I've had my spinach. I'm good. (laughs) Yeah, she does all the work behind the scenes. (laughs) Hey, so um, we're going to get to some coming soon here in one second. Odell, you posted a memory on my page, as Facebook always does. And it was a memory Uh of our show with Joe from the Dead Milkman. And you were like, can you believe this was a year ago? Where in the (laughs) fuck has time gone? I was like, what? This seems like it was like three months ago. I know, I know. It, it, time has moved, man. Um, it's crazy. I never, I, I don't know if it's, you know, because I have kids now that I, it tends to, it looks like time is moving faster, but like, I literally, I swear, I swear to God, it felt like I was out trick-or-treating just a few weeks ago, and here we are, and, you know, already into like the fourth day of January of the new year, so it's, it's yeah, that was time is not slowing down, man. Of 2015, that was like 80 dead celebrities ago. Now we did that show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh not no. <laughs> it's crazy. All right, D, um, let's welcome everybody back, and let's get to it. Who do we have coming up on a bunch of our shows real quick? Oh, my gosh. Really, really quick, because there's tons of them, and I'm telling you, so far, we are kicking off the best year yet. Okay. So this Sunday, we have our new show, The Funny Thing About Politics. And that's the name of the show. It's a funny thing about politics. Uh, we're going to have our buddy Christopher Titus is coming back for our inaugural episode of that, which is going to be super awesome. Yeah, he's um, our good luck charm. He is. He absolutely is. He was our first, you know, big guy guest on uh, the Ignorance Equation. So we're going to have way more fun this time. And then after that's that, that's my funny guy too. Oh yeah, but then <laughs> after I won't that, be so intimidated because that was the first person of any kind of like. Um, I guess publicly Stature. known yeah. that I've ever interviewed. I was like, hello, Mr. Titus. Hello, sir. Like, I was like nervous <laughs> as hell. Oh, yeah. I, I thought I was going to wet myself when he You're called funny, the first sir. Time. You make I was me like, laugh. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I'm just like, whatever. Hey. Uh, yeah. And after that, on Kettle of Fish, we're having Tyler Labine, who you may know from the Hulu series Deadbeat. You may know from Dale and Tucker versus Evil, or you may know from one of my favorite shows, Reaper. So he you is going to be crazy. On. 
You say Dale and Tucker versus Evil. That sounds right. That's how Ali said it. But the actual name of the movie is Tucker and Dale versus Evil. No, that doesn't sound right. It doesn't seem to groove. No, really? Yeah, it's Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Oh my god, yeah, it sounds right as Dale and Tucker. I, yeah, I don't know it's how people remember um, Sinbad being in a movie Shazam as a genie. And he right, was. it's like the fucking Mandela effect. It, it is. It really is the Mandela effect. Um, and then coming that's up, that's the guy oh. from Breaker High, right? Uh, Who Sinbad, the comedian? No, no. Tyler, <laughs> I don't know what plane Alex podcasting from. I I don't know. Uh, and then on some more musical osmosis, we've got the Feathers. That's Feathers with a Z. Uh, they're going to be on, and that's really really cool. And then coming up, um, oh, let me jump in here, Adele. What do you think of the Feathers when I sent you their music? Oh, dude, oh, man. <laughs> and then even cooler is that you know she actually. Literally, you told me to send her a friend with, and I was like, oh, okay, boom. Yeah. So, very down to earth, but the music is really good. I really, yeah. really enjoy it. Absolutely. It's one All of those right, rare sorry, times dude. I really like the band. Like, I mean, I'm on the air a while, so I'm yeah, hyperactive. He, he is. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, like, I like Al, and, you know, I like a lot of our guests, but, like, that's something, like, I would have chosen that had you never introduced me to it. Like, had I just found it on my own, I would be listening. To it. Like, I'd go to a concert for that. That'd be really cool. Like, that's right up my alley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had to drag her kicking and screaming out to listen to any kind of, like, really gritty punk rock. Yeah, I mean, I like it most of the time. I'll get a headache after about 20 minutes. But She's like, I I'm... can't sing karaoke to this. I know. It's like, I can't sing to this. Come on. Fine. <laughs> you have to listen to your own music, Al? You have to listen to that Piss CD. Ideas are bulletproof. It's, like, one of the best yeah, albums really, really good probably one. of my childhood. Yeah, I love that one. Oh, my. <laughs> Okay, anyway, we digress. Uh, so, also coming up, we have our buddy Sean Whalen is going to come back, and we're going to have comedian Emma Arnold and comedian and Tiana Miller as well. Uh, we're going to have uh, Todd Newton from Whammy. Next Friday, we're going to have comedian Ember Knight is going to be on, and one one of the ones I'm excited, I'm excited for a lot of these, but I got to save this one for last because this is the show that uh, my teenage son actually watches with me. If you've not seen Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency, you are totally missing out. They've already picked it up for a second season. Yes, it's based on the Douglas Adam book, and we are going to have Fiona Duraf, who plays Bart, who just oh wow most amazing along. performance of 2016. Oh, yeah. She just follows along and goes wherever the universe tells her and kills whoever the universe tells her to kill. Yes. What are you going to do? Stellar <laughs> performance. It. And I don't know if you guys have seen Tom, Todd Newton lately. He was the guy from Whammy. It was like the remake <sighs> of Press Your Luck. Love it. And he's on doing right now the Price is Right Roadshow. And he's got a book coming out, The Host with the Most, Tales of a Tattooed Television Personality. <laughs> and when he was on Whammy, like I pulled old pictures of him. He didn't have any tattoos. And 10 years later, man, this guy is sleeved. Both arms. <laughs> yeah, he looks like he's got some cool ink. Like for reals. I'm like, dang, that's cool. Yeah, He's got some money on the side. <laughs> That's why he's got that whammy money. He's going into whammy. the with that fucking whammy money. He's just bringing in bags with whammy. dollar signs on them. Like for the whammy guys. Here you go. Ink me up. All right. I'm glad you're laughing now, Adele, because th- shit's about to get real depressing. 2016. And I'm going to try to keep politics out of this as much as possible. But I think the question on everybody's mind um, coming out of this year is what the fuck 
Dude, we <laughs> lost so much great talent. Alan Rickman, yeah. Yeah. Alan Thicke, Carrie Fisher, and the next day her mom, Debbie Reynolds, dies. Oh, Gary Shanley, Muhammad Ali, Gene Wilders, and those are just the actors. I yeah. this this is like hurting my psyche, man. And just since um just because this is a musical show, I'm gonna try to stay on topic here. Mm-hmm. 2016, Glenn Fry from the Eagles, Prince, yep. Shan, um, yep. Sharon Jones, Merle Haggard, Frank Sinatra Jr., and I'm just naming the big ones. Uh, Maurice White <laughs> oh, yeah. from Earth, Wind, and Fire. Good God. Um, Paul Cantor from Jefferson Airplay, Jefferson George Air, Michael, yeah. David Bowie, uh, and oh. of course, Doug Evans from the Digits. We just played Digits yeah. at the yeah. opening of the show. Bass player for the Digits just died maybe a week and a half ago. What I was so crazy is like just in the last two weeks, it was just like boom, 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 boom. I was like, "Holy cow!" I'm like, I mean, yeah, that 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 threw me for oh, a yeah. loop. Oh Christopher died New Year's Eve. The guy who played Father McCady on Mash. Oh yeah, yeah. yep. Got yep. him right what? under the wire. Terrible. Yeah, yeah and Doctor Von Bass will be witched. Craziness. Yeah, yeah. He died right before uh, um, I think uh, Princess Leia uh, passed. Yeah, this is crazy. Like a few days before, yeah. Um, yeah. Al, were you a big Digits fan? I mean, this is pretty shocking, especially with all the death in the month of December alone. And Doug yeah, Evans, yeah. I just saw that post come across my feed, and I was just floored. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't say I was a huge Digits fan, but I definitely, you know, they were on my radar. I heard them. I like them. Um, I never did get to see them. They were <clears throat> when they were playing, but um, but yeah, I mean, definitely a, a great band, uh, you know. Oh yeah, it's sad, you know. Along with all of these, does it make you as an aging punk rocker? Does it kind of make yeah. you look behind your back for like the shadow of death when you see people <laughs> that you came up playing under <laughs> a music in? Like, is the Reaper Man, down on you, or does this mean nothing? I, I've been feeling that since I was twenty years old. It seems like. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, um, yeah, I, I, I tend to wonder too, not just as, you know, someone who's, you know, I'm, I'm, I just turned 47 a couple weeks ago. And I wonder if like, you know, like when my parents were this age, if everybody they grew up, uh, you know, listening to watching on TV or in movies, if they experience the same sort of, uh, wave of just people passing just because, all the people that you grew up that were older than you are now hitting that, that point yeah. where, you know, especially, I mean, some, some that was just kind of, uh, just bad luck or whatever, but you know, a lot of people like in rock and roll and in film and stuff probably didn't take very good care of themselves at, at points during their life. And that may have contributed to things, um, you know, over time. But, uh, you know, I just wonder if it's more of a phenomenon of, of now that we hear about all this stuff more, um, or if it's we get really it so fast, it's been happening yeah. all along, and we just haven't noticed. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't remember That's... my parents ever being like Fred McMurray and Barry Manilow in the same week. Damn you, universe! Like I don't well, even man, remember my parents talking about, uh, except for yeah. when Lucille Ball died. That's the only thing I ever hmm. remember my parents talking about dying in my house, celebrity wise. Yeah, I mean, well, my parents really didn't follow uh pop culture very very closely the way that we do you know especially you know at at my age mm -hmm. like 
you know, when my parents were in their 40s, they didn't give a shit at all about <laughs> movie stars or musicians or anything. <laughs> yeah, that generation yeah. was yeah. odd, man. They were a lot farther away than kids are to their parents now, culturally. Kevin, sure. how is 2000? You're kind of a musician's musician. I mean, you're a guy who just, you know your way around instruments, around music. I just beat on a bass and screamed like a moron. What has this past year done to your psyche, losing all this talent? Yeah, it's pretty wild, man. I mean, I mean, it's, I don't remember another year where we lost so many people. Mm. Uh, I mean, you talk about you know celebrities of our parents' time, something like that. And you brought up a point where they really weren't that celebrity conscious. But if somebody big dies, somebody mentions it, and. How many how many people do you have on that list? I'm sure you have a list in front of you, Nick. Of there was almost year. eight <laughs> this year, and that's why when people are like, "Oh, well, it's, it's just it's the same every year," we put, the BBC did a study on this, and like two, going back to 2013, and it was like 16 mm-hmm. people, and I don't know how they're quantifying famous or celebrity or whatever, but it went from like mm-hmm. 16 to 22 to 28. Last year it was 32. This year, when I pulled it up, it was already at like 68, and that was the beginning of December. You can add another six or seven people in. So, I mean, the amount wow. of pretty famous people who died this year doubled last year, and last year doubled the year before. Are we in an ends uh, of days type scenario here, Kevin? I think so, yeah. <laughs> I think this is it. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm, gonna I'm out of here. Get your bunkers ready. I'm going to get going. Yeah. Doomsday prepping. I'm going to go to my bomb shelter. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'm going to knock out a wall in the downstairs because we're built into the side of the mountain. So I'm just going to knock out a wall down here and start digging. Oh, you're and good. We'll, we'll be all you're right. Good. Yeah, we're pretty good. <laughs> you shoot missiles and stuff out of here. Yeah, we're pretty good. Odell, is it Not- impossible to say, is it impossible to go Prince hit me harder than David Bowie or David Bowie hit me harder than George Michaels? I mean, are are all of these, or even Merle Haggard, man. I mean, that's even though I was yeah. a Merle Haggard fan, it was something that was always rolling in the background in my life. Is it hard to say this one's more devastating than that one? Like if you just lose Michael Jackson in one year? Or is, is it just so much it just kind of turns into a blur? Or is every hit like below the belt? It's like, it's sort of the latter, if you will, because not only is it, was it a lot of um, like celebrities and musicians that passed, but they were celebrities and musicians that had like a serious impact on, on at least on me growing up. So, you know, I'm, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. So Princess Leia was the, like one of the early crushes that I ever had, not only because she was good looking, but she was like a strong woman. So it was like, here's this woman shooting lasers and getting in Darth Vader's face and all of that and didn't care. And, it, you know, so, you know, when you see people like that and then, you know, George Michael, you know, I, as much as I was into, you know, punk rock when I got into teenage, my teenage years, you know, people like George Michael and Prince and David Bowie and all those cats, those were the people that I saw on like MTV and got me into music. So like watching Wham and, and being, you know, in the third and fourth grade dancing. Sounds like you were watching VH1. Well, yeah, nowadays, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, (laughs) but like, you know, going around and hearing those songs and playing and staying up and watching like Friday night videos. And those videos are the videos that were on. 
And, and so those people had like a really impactful imprint on, on me, uh, not only like as a celebrity, but music wise, I probably wouldn't have stayed along with it. Cause you know, once George Michael left wham, then he became like a rebel almost, you know, and then all of a sudden he was with the leather jacket and the shaking his butt on MTV and everybody's like, Oh, that's so crazy. How can you do that? You know, compare, you know, but that was this, 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 if you look at it, that was the blueprint for so many of these pop artists nowadays that do things. If it wasn't for a person like George Michael or, 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 or somebody in that nature, there wouldn't be, you know, the, the, the Justin Timberlakes and the, the, the Biebers and all those cats that are out there now doing the same thing or even more escapes type stuff. So those people had like, like a serious impact on, that's why I think it hit home, um, you know, so much to a lot of people. It was like, man, I remember what I was doing. It's so vivid in your mind. Those are certain memories that you can remember and relate to, you know, watching yeah, David he, Bowie, you know, stuff like that. That's stuff like that just cinches into your head and you don't lose. Yeah, I remember the first person who ever passed away that actually struck me in the music world was Brad Knoll from Sublime. And I was talking mm-hmm. in my at that time with my ex-wife, and I was like, does it bother you when somebody that you really you know respect and love as a performer passes away? I think we've talked about this before on Aerodale, and she was like, yeah. nope, doesn't bother me at all, could care less, don't know him, screw it. Is that a weird <laughs> attitude that like people that you're really into and you don't ever have to meet them, but they have impact on your life? I mean, they're the soundtracks to a lot of your amount, you know, the pissed, no effects, warrior soul. Like these are bands, yeah. Wagon, dude. Like every time I put in an old VHS of parties we would have, those songs are playing mm-hmm. in the background, like they're imprinted yeah. on my DNA. The Vindictives, the Vandals. You know, all of those bands are imprinted on my DNA just from b- being a constant loop in these parties and stuff. And, you know, hey, we're going to drive all the way up to Baltimore to see this band or over to D.C. to see yeah. that band. Like, let me start over with Kevin. I'll go around the board here. Is it weird if people aren't affected by the death of somebody they're really into? Or is it kind of like, eh, I don't know, whatever, there's a million celebrities out there. Hmm. Well, I think we kind of talked about that uh, with Al, and it, it was it's it might be a generational thing. You know like yeah. what I'm saying? Like our parents weren't that much into the cult of personality as we are, and maybe that's because we grew up with MTV and the internet. But they had a flip God out when John that. Lennon got shot, though, right? That had to affect them. Certainly. And that's what happened this year or last year, 2016, is people like that, people that were groundbreaking died. Yeah, it wasn't exactly. Like, just like the, it wasn't the bass player from Air Supply that died. It was fucking... Whoa, 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 whoa. You talking shit about Air Supply? Somebody please check and make sure the bass player is okay. But... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, the people that died last year were people that were unavoidable. I mean, no matter what, how, if you were a fan or not, they were unavoidable. They were in your life. You know, they you know George Lake. The music, whether you're into them or not. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I don't remember a year that, that we lost so many, you know, indelible artists like that. How? That was oh, right, Kevin, I'm sorry, anyway. there's a little delay. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know how to answer that. I think, uh, I think it's a ge- generational thing, uh, as far as, uh, being affected by all these deaths. I don't know. Anyway, it's a dumb question. 
Maybe yeah. I'm just asking a dumb question. I don't know. Not at all. Not at all. No, no, not at all. <clears throat> it's just it's just one of those things, man, where it's like like Kevin was saying, I, these guys, these people have they've got lasting imprints. What's going to be weird to somebody else, right? It just seems weird that if you're not touched by an artist enough to even care if they pass away and you're never going to see their work or hear their work again, that just seems a little bit disconnected in an unnatural way to me. Oh yeah, and I and, and maybe behind closed doors, those people think you know differently. Um, I know, um, like for example, like you were talking about our parents' generation, not really. But I, I remember sitting down and somebody passing that my you know parents watched on TV or something, and they were like, "Oh wow, I remember watching this show." But at that time, they didn't have access to go back and view all of the back, the past episodes or go back and view, um, That's listen true. to, you know, pull out, download music real quick and be like, Oh man, you remember these days? It's like, you know, you got to go and dig the 45 out or do you remember how excited we were when a channel 20 was doing like the cross superstar marathon and we had a pan yeah. pajama party at Dorsey's house and yeah. it was like, Oh my yeah. God, HR puff and stuff. I haven't seen that in 10 years. And that was yeah. a big yeah. fucking deal. And now it's like, Oh, HR puff and stuff. You now, now, now you got channels that are de- straightly, you know, straight dedicated to classic movies or classic shows. Like I go visit my parents and, they watched the game show network because they, they love the old game shows that were on in the seventies and eighties and laugh at the prices of cars that were on there compared to, you know, seeing the people yeah, jump like, up and yeah, down. We watch match game on that. <laughs> like Holy old match God. game is oh, just the best. And I, think, and I think, um, go ahead. I think it's also the, um, the moment too. Um, mm-hmm. you know, for, for my folks, it wasn't all the, the fact that the person had died, but it was where they were at the moment they found out. So like when, you know, JFK died, you know, my folks were uh, in school or, or um, like my dad always tells me when Dr. King died, he was in Vietnam. So it was like, it was more the mo- like when John Lennon died, people were watching the Monday night football game. And I remember being a little kid, I was only six, seven at the time. And um, remember, you know, that coming on and that stuck with me. Like, like man, John Lennon, cause my dad was a huge Beatles fan. So, um, you know, I remember him coming out and, you know, telling my mom, you know, somebody just shot John Lennon. And my mom's like, what? Yeah. But that's but sad, was- though, right? Like, our <clears throat> parents, they can remember, like, their generation remembers where they were when JFK got shot. And in our generation's mm-hmm. like, well, I remember where I was when OJ got arrested. Right? And then, yeah. like, our kids' generation's yeah. like, I remember where yeah. I was when the situation got arrested for meth. Like, it just seems like it's a downhill decline or something, right? <laughs> the situation. <laughs> I mean, yeah, anyways, so, what were yeah. you saying, Dee? I'm oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. I think, um, I think a major difference between our parents' generation and ours is that with social media and the internet, it almost feels like we're connected to these celebrities. We can follow what they say, what they do in their daily lives. You know, we can really, I mean, especially in our case, and I'm sure you'll know what I mean in a second. um, You know, we can actually reach out to these people and they become a part of our lives. Like, you know, some of the actors and, and musicians and some of the great people that, like Al, that we've been able to talk to, it, it's just to hear that one of them now 
would pass would really, I mean, because we do have that connection, but a lot of, a lot of people on social media still feel like they have that connection because they get to see what they wore yesterday or what they ate or who they talked to. What did or... Vivian do today? She she messaged somebody on YouTube, a YouTube performer. It was like, yeah. hi, say my name, say my name. And the guy said her name because he was streaming live on YouTube. And she's like, this guy I love on YouTube said my name. Yeah. And you couldn't do that before. No, now it's like you no. can really kind of have that connection in your life or at least feel like you have that connection because of you know the internet and social media so it i think it hits us a lot harder because of that i mean you know in this particular case these people were really i mean they were legends that's just the way it was and so for us Mm -hmm. they had a huge i mean like mine's all i always say mine was prince and david bowie like one of them i could maybe handle but both of them i'll you know it's just it's and then you add george michael and it's like a fucking trifecta yeah and it was just like, yeah. really? Like, really? You're going to take all three of them? I mean, those three. Like, especially, especially Alan for me. Alan Rickman. Oh, yeah. Gene Wilder. Like, oh, yeah. Some of these Gene guys. Wilder. Re- yeah, Gene Wilder. Dude. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is my favorite movie forever. Vanity, just... which I didn't even know. Let me go through this list real quick. And some of these people, I don't know who this is. Joey Fick. She's some country singer, but she was only 40. Um, a lot of these yeah. people, I didn't even hear like mentioned when they passed away. I remember Gary Shandling for like a moment. China, I thought China died yeah. ten years really? ago. Really? Yeah. So I'm not oh too broke gosh, up about no, that. that if that's, anything, I'm like, she wow. Hadn't, but she was fine. I mean, well, I don't know. I think she was starting to have some problems with medication and stuff. Well, yeah, she passed away. Um, I remember when she passed away, but yeah, she she. But that was just like you were saying. It was one of those things where she. Um, had just posted literally some stuff, you know, about what she was doing and trying, you know, trying to get her life straight. And then literally like the next day after that post, she passed. Oh, Florence so like Anderson. Yeah. And the Brady yep. Bunch. I mean, these like, people yeah. shaped our lives growing up. You know, it's like. She was December, right? She passed in December, <laughs> yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. I think it was November. Let me look no, on not- Either end of November or December time frame. Yeah. It was relatively recent, too. Jaja Kapoor, I forgot to mention her. Like, it's crazy. And here's what's crazy. Let me pass this over to Al. You know, I saw saw somebody going, putting up stuff, so-and-so passed away the other day, and it's horrible. And I went on her page. I didn't know who it was. It was a friend of a friend. And the last thing Mm -hmm. she posted was like an hour before she died. She died in a car wreck. And she's like, heading out to get some pizza. And it's weird. Mm -hmm. Like, you can see the last thing they said on facebook yeah. it's like dude she was on her way to get that pizza when she got like hit by a car or whatever happened to her and it's just, that's a, that's weird it's like when i was growing up if somebody i remember a guy talked to our friend um before he got shot this dude killed his brother the guy's name was jeff i don't know what his brother's name was but he was on the phone with them when it happened and it fucked them up really bad and oh, yeah. it was like that's a situation where a weird situation where you're talking to somebody like, Hey, I just saw him yesterday or I was just on a phone with him. Yeah. But on Facebook, yeah. you could literally go on and like anybody mm-hmm. that dies, you could go see their last post. And I don't know if that yeah. much access is a good thing now. Well, it's, it's, it's weird that you say that because when I hear that somebody died who I didn't really know, but I may have been connected to somehow on social media. I mean, that's really the, the first thing that I do too is I'll go to their Facebook page, you know, and I just out of more of just curiosity, like what's going on, you know, and then yep. you do, you yep. see something like that. And it's like, it's this little window that you normally wouldn't have. 
But, um, I mean, to bring it back around to, like, you know, what we're talking about with, like, celebrities and stuff, it's, you know, you take something like, uh, like, like Bowie with his, his, the release of his last album, you know, like, yeah, pretty much, you know, uh, coinciding with his death and, and all the imagery around the album and everything. And that's a good point. You know, it's, yep. Yep. it's almost like he was inviting everybody in <laughs> to Leonard you know, Cohen. Leonard Cohen was the same way. Yeah. Yep. I forgot about him. Leonard Cohen was the same. He was predict. I mean, he yep. was like, yep. this is it for me. I know this is it for me. Right. And, right. and this is all of my stuff. Um, mm-hmm. This is what I got to say. And, um, yep. and it, I, I read that article, uh, thing, I, I, I read it in the Washington Post and I guess it was like a month later, he, you know, slipped, fell and, 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 and passed away. I, I think you can sense it. Like Buchanan, um, he knew he was dying. The doctors were like, you basically have like two days, three days to live. He, I forget what it was he had, but it was killing him. And he went and mm-hmm. wrote, he'd locked himself in a cabin and wrote his memoirs. And he died mm-hmm. like 10 minutes after he finished them. Oh, and he was kind of like, fuck you, universe. I'm finishing my memoirs. And he literally yeah. locked himself in the country up in a cabin with his wife. And he just sat there and wrote and wrote and wrote until he was done. And then he died. Well, that's like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Fife from a tribe called quest. I mean, his was more of a, you know, I mean, it was a battle that he had, but when you listen to that, their last album and you hear him on there, you're like, man, gosh, this dude was so incredible. And it was like, it was, it was almost like, and they put, you know, they put out a whole bunch of stuff, but when you hear it, it's like, man, this guy, I don't know if he knew, but just the way he is like flowing on this particular album, it is like the best I have I have ever heard him, and I don't know if it's because he's gone that I feel that way, or if it's just—it's called a swan song, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you mentioned Sublime before too, and that's something that when you listen to that Woo! album, you know, you, it's it it has a lot of prophecy in it. I think you know, and, yeah. Um, same same with the last Joe Strummer album too. Um, yeah, um, Blind Melon was like that too. Um, yeah. If you listen to the, the Blind Melon album that came out after Shannon Hoon died, oh my gosh, that album is ten times better than the album that was the you know the big mainstream right. huge one. But you're just like, man, these guys, just, it just clicked. It just like this was yeah. it, and and it's so unfortunate. Yeah, it it, it is definitely tragic. Just like with Basquiat or any great um, creative entity passes away mm-hmm. and then they break after they pass away because sublime we saw i think you were with me odell capital ballroom we saw sublime like two yeah. months before brad Noel died two months before he, yeah yeah and we had no fucking yeah. idea and he i remember they were just playing songs off their new album which was self-entitled and they're like yeah. here's pawn shop and we were there with jason netherton and he's like what is this i don't like he and it was such a great show because there was people represented from like every walk of life was there. I mean, there yeah. was like headbanger dudes there and like hippie guys there and college old kids there and like yeah. just punk kids there. And it, that music crossed all genres. Yeah. And everybody just came. There was no fights and everybody was just having a good time, dude. And then two months later, that when he died, off. yeah, he I died. Was like, yeah. They- he remember they started that set off. They did four covers and they were all descendant songs. And just like banged them out, boom, 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 and then they started doing their songs. It was like, what is this? It was unbelievable show, unbelievable show. Yeah, Never it was one of the better. I would say that Descendants and No Effects um, Heavy Petting Zoo tour was probably the th- three of the best shows I've ever seen. 
Anyways, we tired of talking about death? Can we move on to something a little less morbid? All right. (laughs) I guess. (laughs) That's a good way to send off 2016, but there's something else I want to get to. All right, so Donald Trump's inauguration. And I'm keeping this in the musical context so I don't get any fucking letter bombs or anything. Um, (laughs) playing Playing at his inauguration is the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. And they've got people wanting to jump ship. Um, no bands, none of the DC uh, marching bands even applied. First inauguration ever. None of the DC marching bands even applied. So you don't applied. So you don't have any of them. The Rockettes are playing, but once again, there's dissension in the ranks. A lot of those Rockettes yep. don't want to do it. And then somebody from AGT, Jackie Evancho. I don't know who that is. I think she's more mm-hmm. of a spiritual type performer, country performer. Um, so mm-hmm. some no name from AGT, the Rockettes, who are 100 years old, and a Mormon Tabernacle Choir. Now, let's see who turned down playing the inauguration. Well, you, you forgot one more. You forgot the um, the young, which I think is really cool, the young lady from, um, <clears throat> I don't know if it was like America's Got Talent or, or one of their shows, but um, they requested her to play. I forget what her, uh, her name is, but don't I read it yesterday. Grace Vanderbilt. But, is that Jackie yeah. Sancho from AGT? Or is it was that her? But yeah. She, she basically was like, I'm only going to play if I'm allowed to do this Billie Holiday song, which is about racism. And, and, um, nice. And, uh, and she said, she said, the is only way that I will be true? allowed to play. Yes. Yes. And she oh, said, man. that's the only way that I will play is, is, is if I do that song. And I, from what I've heard, oh. I guess they uh, are letting her, I don't, she, I, they hadn't had any new sense, but that, she said that's the only way that I'll play it if they let me do that. So I was like, man, go ahead. Well, this is mind-boggling that- to me because I went back and looked. Clinton inauguration, who wouldn't play? Um, Bush. I went back and looked at all these inaugurations. I couldn't find any bands who have ever turned down playing any inauguration. And these bands... Just let me kind of preference this with this. They were offered huge amounts of money, and even some of them offered a U.S. ambassadorship. You know, kind of like how Andrew C.K. has an ambassadorship, like fucking ambassador party or whatever the hell he's an ambassador of. And um, these people who said they wouldn't play, Elton John, Kiss, Aretha Franklin, Justin Timberlake, Bruno Mars, um, Katy Perry, Celine Dion, and like I said before, no D.C. marching bands. Um, wow. Is anybody surprised by this? First time ever people have said, I don't want to be associated with this. And should you bring politics? Let's start with Al since, you know, you've kind of been out there on the front lines. Should you bring politics into your performance? Or do you think if a president, a, a getting ready to be sworn in president, asks you to play, you play? Or should you stand on your morals and go, dude, you are just too far out there, like value wise, for me to play? What would you do, Al? What would Al do? Well, I, <laughs> that would be a really tough decision. I mean, you know, obviously I wouldn't want to as as far as, you know, showing any kind of support for him or his whole administration. But, you know, then you also have like kind of the subversive um, philosophy, like like that woman was, was talking about, you know, getting up there and singing, you know, Strange Fruit by Billie Holiday. Um, right. kind of as a protest, you know, to, uh, you know, the, the racist agenda that's, that's out there. So I, I would probably still say no, <laughs> just, just because uh, not wanting to have any kind of association at all with, 
with that. All right. Fair enough. I mean, I can totally understand. And here's the problem, and you guys may know who I'm talking about. We have a friend who used to just bash um, Obama every day. Every day Mm -hmm. I'd see memes and stuff bashing Obama. I hate Obama. He's a terrorist. I hate him. And he's a chef, and he ended up um, cooking for Obama at some (laughs) rally or some banquet dinner. And then he got a thank you letter from him. And he's like, oh, my God, Obama sent me a thank you letter and posted the thank you letter on his page. And I didn't uh-huh. say anything, but it just made me go, what a fucking hypocrite. You know, like it really <laughs> turned me off to the guy. Is that hypocritical when you just talk shit on someone for months and then you're like, look, I, look, I, I served pork chops to the president? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah I exactly would have that Do you yeah. know who I'm talking about, Odell? <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. I mean, yeah, so how do you exactly. process that? I mean, Odell, you know who I'm talking about. Is that hypocritical? I mean, shouldn't I mean, even if you do it because hey, it's my job, I'm going to go do my job. To be so excited right. about it, why are you bragging about serving food to a guy you said is a fucking terrorist usurper who took over the White House? I don't understand. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't either. But you know. People's attitudes changed, especially because memory, because uh, he also met him too. So he was like, "Oh, he's such a cool dude. He was so nice." And did it. I was like, "Well, yeah, he, you know, he's not that serious as <laughs> you thought he was." Huh? Greatest you know? terrorist <laughs> now, did, ever. Nick, did the bashing continue after afterwards, or was it quelled from that meeting? It was quelled pretty much from what it I was saw. quelled. It was okay, pretty well, much. I, mean, I haven't heard seen too much about it, so. That, so that may be, you know, an indicator, too, that maybe changed his mind. You know, that's... Yeah, yeah. You know. Well, now, artists has to worry about here. that, though, right? If you're a big yeah. band and you're out there and you're speaking on certain right. issues and then someone gets sworn in that's totally antithetical to those issues and you go mm-hmm. play their inauguration, I mean, Kevin, is that a slap in the face to the fans? Or is it like, hey, my country needs me to play. I don't have to like the guy being sworn in. I'm playing for America. How do you see it? Well, I think uh, this uh, this not current yet, but this uh, administration that's coming in has drawn a pretty uh, pretty thick line in the sand as far as you know where they stand on uh, a lot of different you know civil rights uh, issues, and I think if you align yourself with that. then you're aligning yourself with that. You know what I mean? It's exactly, pretty, exactly. It's, it's not, it's not as vague as it was with say George Bush or say, I don't know any other. Republican. Calvin Coolidge. Well, perhaps I, I don't know. <laughs> I, was, I, don't I wasn't know there for that one. Old silent cow. He was a prick. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm really, I'm really uh, surprised that Kiss turned it down. Yeah, I was gonna yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, me too. You know, you know the shit's hitting the fan of Kiss is turning it down because that's the opportunity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's 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 like you know, Kiss on the front, you know, a T-shirt inauguration. They're making money off of that, but yeah, they, they I'm yeah, especially with Gene it. Simmons because you would think Gene Simmons is a pretty. Isn't I thought he was like super conservative. And but I actually I respect he, what yeah, an opportunist, opportunist that Gene Simmons is because he was in an interview once and they were like, you know, people say I'm a ham. I'm the whole fucking pig. I want it all. <laughs> well, yeah, and think about it, dude. They were with Scooby-Doo. 
They, you know, put their blood into comic books. Like, there's nothing that Kiss won't do. Wait, they won't do this? They'll what tell the you hell? they'll do anything for money. They have no shame, but they won't play. No, and they won't play Trump and Nugget because they because they because they know there's a lot of fans that are going to be like, Nah, man, they play that inauguration. I'm done. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's 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 the long game here. Yeah, let's talk real about the psychology of this. Mo- you know, it's weird. Most of the guys that I grew up with that were headbangers, dudes that grew up like long hair, listening to Ozzy Osbourne and Poison and Cinderella and stuff. All those guys that kind of grew up, there was like two sets, right? There are the headbangers that like kind of grew up and grew out of it and went to college and did their thing. And then there's the headbangers that are kind of still stuck in the 80s, smoking pot every day and still listening to Bark at the Moon every night before bed. Those dudes love Trump. And I find that weird because heavy metal was always kind of a rebellious, not rebellious like punk because they weren't socially conscious, but they were still kind of a counterculture type of music. And to see all these headbangers kind of fall in line and jump on the Trump train, I've seen that with a lot of, the, of, of our punk rock friends too that used to go to shows and all of a sudden they're like, Putting on, you know, I'm like, whoa, where did this come from? I did not expect that. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, it's I've been fun. surprised by a lot of people last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh yeah, Kevin, Kevin, yeah. <laughs> Kevin, we had, we've had, yeah, we had plenty of talks where it was like, don't bring up Trump, don't bring up, <laughs> let's just keep it under wraps, Every, everybody's having a good time. Nobody say anything about politics, and we'll be good to go. <laughs> and it's explosive, too, man. Like, it ain't like the old days. And I always use this as an example. I'm like, it's so crazy because if me and you were at a party, like, 20 years ago, like on St. Mary's Avenue, we were partying at the old apartment behind the church that we had. And I was yeah. like, well, you know, I, you know, I don't care that Bill Clinton got a blowjob. You wouldn't, and, and you stood up and you're like, but I do care. Fuck you. Our friendship's over. And you, out. <laughs> you would be a fucking crazy person if you did that. <laughs> yeah, everybody would be like, what is this problem? <laughs> now it's like kind of par for the course. It's insane, right? Yeah. How much of a shift we've yeah. had in this country. I mean, mm-hmm. But it's, it's so it's so reactionary, and you have the power now to to cut people off like that. You know, I mean, if you think about it, you know, a lot of friendships now are are being reformed on Facebook, so in uh, other means of social media. Well, a lot of times you haven't seen these people in fifteen, twenty years since high school. You know, not you know our crew. Fortunately, that we you know we primarily uh, you know we we still get together at least you know, at the minimum twice a year, you know, and so, you know, we still see people, but it still sort of boggles the mind when you're like, well, I remember him in high school, but then you also got to remember that was 1991 or 92 or in the mid nineties, you know, or so in people, the eighties for us old fucks. Yeah. Or their eighties. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> when you see these people, you know, on Facebook now and they got families and, and things and you're like, wow, they, they're spewing that or, you know, they're saying that about this particular, you know, I don't remember them like that, but it's just amazing how people's attitudes can change, you know, over time. And I think a lot of people forget that when they get on Facebook, they still see the person that they were hanging out with in high school or, or in college and stuff like that. So, All right, let me shift gears here because I don't want to run too much over. Um, D, can you explain to us the laws of why politicians can use certain artists' music even if they don't want to be connected to that campaign? With pleasure. Okay, so what it is, it's basically the stadium law. Um, They 
and, and I'm not sure if that's the exact terminology for it, but that's what most people refer to it as. Um, basically, they can play whatever they want in a stadia or arena that already has agreements or licensing to do so. Like the reason that football games can play pretty much whatever they want, because they've already mm-hmm. paid for basic licensing for the entire stadium. Now, where that comes in, Uh, Where that gets a little gray is when an artist decides they don't like the politician or they fucking hate the politician and they basically get in put in this place where they either have to not say anything because uh, they're because they're you know if, if they do then you know they're basically agreeing that they're okay with it or they have to actively do something to stop that politician from from playing their music um like when wasn't it dropkick murphy's came out and said we fucking hate you yeah i mean they have to actually do something um yeah but otherwise they basically i mean they pretty much can they but a lot of times it's not because necessarily the politician wants to play it or somebody in the party wants to play it sometimes it's just because whoever happens to be on the production team that day just thinks it would be cool to play that song or it's Mm. a cover or you know a million different reasons why they can play it but most of the time it doesn't really happen that um they have to do like a cease and desist but when it does (laughs) it gets nasty (laughs) yeah all right so let me go through this list real quick um bobby mcferrin don't worry be happy george hw bush wanted to use it got a big nope um and the bush campaign backed out Bruce Springsteen, of course, the big one for Ronald Reagan, born in the USA. And yeah, what's yeah. interesting, they said that the actual fight, because they had a back and forth and things got kind of um, escalated. He said that's why Bruce Springsteen says that's why he's so political today, because of the bad mojo he had with Ronald Reagan. Pretty surprising. Oh, right? wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, Isaac Hayes, Soul Man, and that is with Bob Dole. Um, Sting versus George Bush. <laughs> what? Yeah, that doesn't. You can't. Bob Dole is not a soul man. One, Go Bob Dole is Bob Dole. All right, all right. <laughs> I was trying to get it under a, the radar. Soul <laughs> man. I'm a Dole man. I'm a Dole man. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> oh my That's god, it's too good. <laughs> oh my goodness. He would have been a shoo-in. Um, how did that one end? Dole, Dole conceded. Um, ended up he ended up using "Born in the USA." Sting versus um, W. He said he didn't want to get involved because he's not American. Um, Boston versus Mike Huckabee. More than a fill-in. That seems like a weird choice, right, for Mike Huckabee? Yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah. Did <laughs> you just Huckabee. like the song? I don't. I don't. That doesn't. Well, he ended up using it anyways. Um. So that's one of the ones where the artists got their way. There's some here I don't know, like Gretchen Peters versus Sarah Palin. That sounds like a fucking epic rap battles in history or something. <laughs> I know the uh, what was it Hart Hart and Sarah Palin, if I'm not mistaken, they had a big big fallout wow, she was trying nice. to use uh, Bar- she was trying to use Barracuda, and they were like, "Hell to no, you are <laughs> not using that." Appropriate. Do you remember the uh, Do you remember the John Rocker and Twisted Sister? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> same, same thing a few years yep. back. Yeah, yep. he's yep. like 20 years ago, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Van Halen versus John McCain, right? Foo Fighters versus John McCain. <laughs> who is this? Arlene's versus John McCain. I don't know who that is. Jackson Brown versus John McCain. I go through this list. John Mellencamp versus John McCain. John Mellencamp was like, heck no. <laughs> Adler versus John McCain. This guy just, at what point do you go, I suck? Or be like, okay, I'm just going to play Twinkle Twinkle Little Star and be done with it. Public domain songs, you know? Yeah, just play Twinkle yeah. Twinkle Little Star. Yeah. Dude, you right. should be coming out like, what can you do with a drunken sailor? <laughs> That's a good one. They would probably say, heck no. He'll be getting sued by, like, the ghost of whoever wrote that song 300 years ago. But I'm saying, oh John McCain, I mean, he wasn't that bad. Why is John McCain getting so much flack? Yeah, they were like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. Well, John <laughs> gave Sarah Palin a big no K. No way. Legal action was taken, um, and the McCain campaign pointed out the venues pay blanket licenses, entitling many songs by various artists. So I guess they got their way there. Um, Joe Walsh versus Joe Walsh. I don't have time to read this. I don't know what that is. Oh, I guess that's a politician named Joe Walsh. Wow, the <laughs> irony. That's so inception. Rush versus Rand Paul. That's another weird one, right? Tom Sawyer. Yeah. What does he want to use? Tom, Tom Sawyer. Sawyer huh? uh, is that just I, too I bizarre for anybody to comment yeah, on? Yeah, I don't get it. Apparently, Neil Kirk <laughs> hated Rand Paul for some reason. With a he hated him with a passion, man. Why? <laughs> I don't get it. What you say about this company is what you say about society, right? Yeah, there you, go. there you go. Here's another. There you go. And there's a lot of them on here. I'm skipping over some of like the senators and stuff. I don't really know. Um, Journey versus Newt Gingrich. Ooh. What did he want to play? That's a good question. Hey, let's do this. You guys, why don't you guess what old Newt wanted to play? Any way you want it. Love and touch and feeling. Don't stop believing. Don't don't stop believing. No, open arms. (laughs) (laughs) Odell gets the prize. Don't stop believing. (laughs) Okay, Newt. There's a bunch of people here against uh, Michelle Bachman, too. What, what kind of campaign was Michelle Bachman running where anybody even gave a shit? I don't know, but she kept saying she like right. she was a witch and crap, so people were like, no. Yeah. Wasn't yeah. that the one where the Roots played uh, Lion Bitch on the... Uh, yeah! Ellen <laughs> <That was Yeah. laughs> When she walked out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they got in a little trouble over that, but they were like, oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tom, Pe- Tom Petty versus Michelle Bachman. An- another weird, like, okay, so does this does this give validity to the Michelle Bachman anti masturbation witch campaign when Tom Petty is coming out publicly and saying I won't play it? Like, does, is she a big enough threat to Tom Petty? Like, oh my God, Tom Petty might be like entangled publicly with the witch campaign. Like, why would he yeah. even fight that? Probably just because he doesn't well, like I mean, her. That's his name on that song, and he's like, I do not want to, yeah. you know. I mean, I understand. I don't want to be associated with that at all. <laughs> don't play yeah, my song. you were brother. using one of your Did songs, you? wouldn't you? Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> the song? <laughs> guess what song Michelle Bachman was trying to use. Last FBI Dance with Mary Jane. <laughs> <laughs> what song was she trying to use? American Girl. Oh, gosh. Mm. 
Survivor versus Newt Gingrich. That seems like it would be a death march to me. (laughs) (laughs) I am the tiger. I am Newt. D. Snyder versus Paul Ryan. (laughs) Who? D. Snyder versus Paul Ryan. Oh, Oh my gosh. Newt Gingrich tried to use the heavy, too. He tried to use the group the heavy. How you like me now? Oh, my gosh. Come on, Newt. <laughs> Dude, these guys just don't yeah, understand. They are not cool enough to come out to this cool music. Like they're just not. Like you guys, God, they're they're too dorky to come out to something that's actually cool. Like now, like Nick said, there's there's probably some guy, there's probably some young intern or young guy in the back, like with his playlist, like yeah, here we go, Newt. Right? <laughs> just coming them. out to Jimmy Chicken Shack. <laughs> or, or nobody thought of what song they wanted them to walk out to so somebody's like hey come here come here i'll hook up my ipod it's okay i got you you know <laughs> they put on their spotify playlist far from the truth now here's a weird I'm... one silver sun pickups versus mitt romney now that's a band i really like i actually would love to get them yeah. on how like how is sun. that band on mitt romney's people's radar unless they were wiretapping them how the fuck is they <laughs> on their radar Odell's right. It's it's some hip intern that like let him yeah. listen to it. Yeah, looking for Mitt Romney, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not Mitt. <laughs> or somebody got roped into it by their parents and like, oh, I guess, yeah, it sucks. <laughs> I'm going to skip Wait, over a few of these. Eminem versus the New Zealand National Party. And this happened Holy in 2014. <laughs> And the lawsuit is still going on. At what point do you drop it? I think the election's over. At what point do you how drop do you, it? How do you find That's out about happened. that? Yeah. That's my thing. That <laughs> how do you find out? <laughs> how does he find out about? How does Eminem know that the New Zealand National Party is playing his song? Like you know, who you know it's got to be that? some like bushwhacker wrote him a fucking letter. It was like I'm in mean, they're using your song. It's a disgrace. <laughs> you want me to knock them out for you? But the, oh, oh, the crazy thing is, is the court case is still going on. Why? Oh my! God. I'm sure they're not still using the song. I don't understand. But Eminem, I guess, wants damages from Australia. Oh Lord! <laughs> Good old New Zealand. Uh, Here's the last one. I remember when this happened. Dropkick Murphys versus Scott Walker. This This was awesome. (laughs) So Scott Walker comes out to this Dropkick Murphys song. Dropkick Murphys says they don't want Scott Walker. Their actual tweet was, we hate you. (laughs) Literally hate you. That was the best tweet ever. Stop using our music. We hate you. You're tweeting at Trump there. But you know that when when was, new kids on the block use that use that song as their intro when they come out on stage, you got to be pretty fucked up for dropkick murphy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> go after you after that. They're okay with that. <laughs> so I don't know if you remember the conspiracy around uh, it, but then Scott Walker and his people said Dropkick Murphys isn't a real band. The um, Democratic Party put this band together just to kind of humiliate us. These people are so oh fucking out of sync with reality that they didn't believe that Dropkick Murphys existed. They thought Dropkick Murphys was fucking crisis actors. Oh my Not goodness! Yourselves. Uh, yeah, just just know. 
<laughs> yeah, I could I could not believe when I heard that. I was like, are you kidding me? Because, like, seriously, I've heard of the Dropkick Murphys. Are you fucking kidding me? Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> like, <sighs> yeah, they started they training them back when yeah. we used to play at little clubs with them to, like, 20 people <laughs> 20 years ago. Started <laughs> That's it. when they started the whole charade. Are you trying to bring down the RNC? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> So uh, that would be a badge of honor. I wish the RNC said even Steven were crazy actors. <laughs> that That's right. We'd make t-shirts. We'd wear them all over the place. We'd be like, ha, the RNC said just all All right. I got another topic I want to hit. Let's go around one more time. Al, kind of the same question. If somebody that you didn't believe in was using your song at rallies, would you go get the lawyers involved and be like, stop it? Or would you be like, eh? I, like this, this doesn't have to. T- can uh, can a politician play music at rallies and it won't be tied to that person in the collective consciousness? Or if Scott Walker comes out with Dropkick Murphys, is everyone going to assume? Oh, Dropkick Murphys must endorse Scott Walker and love him. I would think that the majority of the people would associate the two together, um, as in you know, like uh, when. I went to one of the Bernie Sanders rallies in New Haven. Uh, they're playing the dead Kennedys <laughs> before he goes on and against me awesome. and, and David Bowie, <laughs> you know, he comes on to star man of all songs, you know, but um, you know, I, I, I kind of assumed that it was okay with the artists that they were playing their song at, at that rally. And it kind of, you know, some of it made sense. Um, but they would be connected to, you know, someone like him. But, um, mm-hmm. I, I certainly, I don't know if I would, if I would get lawyers involved because I don't think any of my stuff is really legally copyrighted, but, um, <laughs> there's, there's certainly somewhere in between that you could, <laughs> you could, uh, do something to, to upset the apple cart there and, and try to stop it. Uh, at least I would try to on some, some way to do it. Odell, Donald Trump is coming out to elbow macaroni. Do you get the fucking lady? <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. I, I, I don't know if I would stop He's it because I might want to see was that. Bad. Imagine Donald Trump coming out hair waving to elbow macaroni. <laughs> that would be an interesting sight. But uh, um, now, like, like Al said, I don't know if I... I I mean, I don't know if, I mean, most of these people have money. So lawyers, they're just like, their people get their people to go and do what they need to do. But, you know, I, I wouldn't want him using it. No, definitely. Cause he doesn't represent, um, you know, like I, I would think our stance and beliefs and things. So even, even, if, even if it is elbow macaroni, you know, <laughs> All right, let me hit this topic real quick, and then Al, you've got a new Deacon song I want to play, but I kind of want to roll into it with this. Um, Kevin and Edward both posted articles about the alt right's attack on punk rock, and it gets pretty yeah. nefarious. They call themselves the Safety Squad. Don't get much more fucking fascist than that. And <laughs> they want to shut down these punk clubs. They're calling fire marshals, and they're putting their addresses on all these fucked up message boards. And it's funny, right? Because when George Bush was president, and here's a little psychology, like psychological experiment I do on people. 
I was playing Annie Flag, Die for Your Government, in the car with Pickle once. And Pickle's really far right. And we're driving, in, and this is during the Bush years. And I remember this. He was like, turn this fucking liberal government-hating music off. And then last <laughs> summer, I came down and played the exact same song. And I was like, hey, Pickle, you like this song? He's like, I love this song. Fuck the government. And now that Trump <laughs> is president... Now all these yeah. people for eight years are like, fuck this illegitimate government, burn it to the ground, are all like, you're a grand old flag, like super patriots again. And now they're attacking, the alt-right is attacking, they said these are havens of liberal punks, communists, not, and not the good kind of communists, like the bear-wrestling Putin communists, like the dirty yeah. Jewish give-you-free-college communists. And they're all coming right. to get us, and... <laughs> This shift, and we talked about this a lot, Al. We've talked about, I think, every time you've been on the political mm-hmm. show, we talked about this shift of punk rock is evil. They hate the government. Therefore, you hate America. Get the fuck out. Obama's president, mm-hmm. hooray for punk rock that says, you know, like Paul Ryan when you know, mm-hmm. in 2009 was like, oh, um, uh, the, the rage against the machine is my favorite. Yeah. Man. And Zach Della Rosa was like, dude, but we're against everything you stand for. You know what I'm saying? And now it's shifting back. Let me start with Al on this because you're still in the scene. Is this alt-right anti-punk movement even on anybody's mind or is it just being blown out of proportion by the internet? Or do you hear people, hey, be a little bit conscious. You might have some of these alt-right Nazis coming in here trying to fuck shit up. Not not so much that around here. I'm sure in, in D.C. It's, it's kind of a concern. Um, you know, uh, our our thing around uh, you know Connecticut, Massachusetts has always been more uh, just worried about the cops coming to try to shut something down or bring a fire marshal into somebody's basement or something. Um, mm-hmm. We haven't really seen that around here, but I could definitely see how that could spread. And you know, that's one thing I, I think that we're we're pretty careful around here about um, you know not posting addresses of places on the internet. Uh, making mm. sure you know who you're talking to when you're, you know, spreading information about underground shows. Um, if anything, it may bring the the community back a little more underground um, the way it was before the internet. Is that a <laughs> good know? thing? <laughs> because the music will be more pure. Uh, I, it has its good and its bad points. You know, it's you're not going to get as many people involved. But then again, the people who are involved are the people who really want to be there. Huh, we're not going to yeah. make that extra effort. You know, it's, it's like, you know, if, uh, if your music is only available on a, a record that you can buy only from the band, <laughs> you know, and you just can't They're download it online, then, you know, the people who are coming to buy that record are the true fans, you know? So yep. I think that's kind of where these type of shows are going back to that sort of scene. Cause yeah, it's definitely the, the things are the, what's happening in DC is on people's minds around here, but, uh, we haven't really seen it as much. Huh. That is fascinating. Um, Kevin, do you like, is it mind boggling to you? This, we, if, if you sing a song about the government, get the fuck out, call me. And then Obama comes president. It's like, yeah, yeah, I'm down with rage against the machine. We love destroy the government. And now to Trump, the authoritarian type is back in office. It's kind of like, you better not say anything bad about the government. Is it weird how that's trickling? They've had comedy clubs that they consider subversive comedy, shut down too i mean this is scary shit right it's terrifying uh it's not even the message that an artist is putting out this is like a random 
venue that someone decided to pick on and say that it's like, I'm talking about Comet Pizza or Ping Pong, uh, where yeah, they yeah. decided to single this <clears throat> venue out and say that it was a pedophile ring. It has nothing to do with the artists. The artists were like hit by shrapnel just because of, I mean, just because of something little like uh, flyer art. This, these are the things that these people are like taking and using as a conspiracy theory against a mm-hmm. fucking DIY venue. You know what I mean? A pizza place. And it's the, and it's the, and terrifying, the... man. It doesn't matter what you're singing about. These people are just evil, man. So how do they cloak this in freedom? Like, we're the safety squad. We're going to shut down all these liberals that have been taking our freedoms for years. And how do people buy – and let me tell you a scary story. You know, Burson, I told him about this because he voted for Trump. And I was like, okay, so you voted for Trump. He's like, well, I had to put up with Obama for eight years, so you'll be fine. I said, but you hate <laughs> cops. You hate the government. He's an authoritarian. You're going to – like, we're going to have more of a police state probably. And I was like, well, what do you think about this alt-right? And he's like, well, look, I'm old school. I listen to the exploited. These kids today listen to Good Charlotte. You know, I don't care what happens to them. I said, dude, no fucking psycho alt-right guy that walks into a club – is going to shoot a bunch of kids wearing Broadway call sh- shirts and they go, oh, that guy's cool. He's got an exploited shirt on. Like, they're not going to make right. this fucking distinction. They're going to be like, anybody in this mm-hmm. club is a liberal parasite and blow everyone away. I don't right. understand this, like, I, well, you know, I just give guys who blow away my people in my crowd a pass. Odell, like, it's, it's, like sum this up for me because I'm really confused how much slack they give Trump, the alt-right, all these movements, like how much of a pass all these guys get. And I'm trying to keep it in the constraints of music and not get too political, but it's starting right. to seep into our scene. How do we combat well, this? And kind of sum this up, because I don't get it. Well, you, it's, <clears throat> well, you know, Trump tapped into the, like, the anger and hostility that, you know, unfortunately has been there for a long, long time. You know, um, you know, people, I've always, I've gotten asked over the years, like, hey, do you think racism is gone? Do you think, I'm like, no, it's not gone. Um, it's just tempered. Um, it's more, it's more, um, what do you call it, civilized, if you will. There's different ways of saying things and doing things that me being African-American know is straight up racist. And other people are like, well, you know, they want to hide, like you said, they want to hide under the, the, the veil of the Constitution. And they're like, well, I, I can say certain things or I can do certain things and get away with it. And, and, and Trump tapped into that, which tapped into a movement of a lot of the crazy thing is it's, it's, it's not just, uh, you know, you have the elite, like the, the rich that tapped into that and the poor. So you're getting it from all the, all sides now of, of, you know, like the, the, the alt-right guy that's been, all over DC last week, they've been doing articles on them. And, you know, you see all these like famous people at these rallies and you're like, man, that's like, you know, that's, you know, that's bad, but they, there's different languages, there's different codes, there's different things that, you know, as a person, like you said, that goes into, um, you know, you go to these venues, you go to these shows, like Kevin was talking about, you know, that there was some dude that, you know, he traveled for him. I forgot how far he was and came and shot up the place. You know, you're going to get North that Carolina. now. It's, it, you know, North Carolina. I mean, it, and it's not, and it's no, and it's no different than ISIS 
and crazy people from ISIS Amen. going into like Istanbul and shooting up because, you know, all he was talking about was like, well, I'm going to shoot all these Christians in this nightclub and come to find out the majority of the people that he shot were Muslim. So it's like, they don't, like you said, they don't care. And, and you know, you, they hide behind veils of language and stuff. And it's sad. It's, it is scary. But, um, but the one positive thing that I, and I was talking to, I don't know if it was Kevin I was talking to or, or, or we were like around, but I, it may have even been uh, Steve, uh, Dennis, but I said the one good thing that's going to come out of all of this is that there's going to be some really good music that's going to come out of this. And it's going to come out of young people that are fed up with what's going on. This is, this is a wake-up call. To a Someone said something very smart the other day. I can't remember who it was, <laughs> somebody I was talking to. And they're like, look, dude, after like World War II, you didn't know who was like pro-Nazi. But now, because of the internet, all this shit's going to come back to bite everybody in the ass. Ten years. Oh yeah, it's already, look at Trump. It's already biting him in the tail. It like every day that he says or tweets something stupid, uh, you know, like he, the other day he talked about how you know the WikiLeaks founder was right, and you know this stuff isn't coming from Russia. Well, the Washington Post today put out a thing that you know in 2012 or 2010, you know Trump was up there claiming that WikiLeaks was dangerous and a terror and a menace to society. But yet you come back a handful of years later and you're like, oh, this guy's absolutely right. And this is the same guy you were bashing four or five years ago. So it's yeah, like yeah. you're doomed with what, you know. They jump through hoops, dude. I see people now that, that were super far right called everybody communist. Oh, you watch The Simpsons, communist. And now they're saying if you're not pro-Putin in Russia, you're a fucking communist. And get out of America. <laughs> like, it's mind-boggling. And Trump's making it's his crazy, inauguration man. a gun-free zone. So I'm watching all these people, pro-Trump people, go, we can't have guns here because the liberals are going to come here and kill us. And then people are like, but I thought good guys with guns stop the bad guys with guns. Nope, no, you liberals, like, it's, I need yeah. a safe space now. But yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, at the Obama rally, there's guys with semi-automatic weapons walking around. And 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 saying you know this is my right to do this it's it's ridiculous man. All right, let me not go too far down because I got a couple things I want to touch. And let me end with this, Al. What do we do about it? Do you do like Germany where you can't have a swastika and you can't say Heil Hitler like that kind of shit is regulated against the law, or is this the price of freedom of speech? I mean, you were writing about racism, civil rights, freedoms, and I think me and yep. you share a pretty common idea of what freedom is. Do you go the path of Germany because they were so disgusted what happened there and you start like reining in these rights and saying, hey, you can't have a swastika tattoo or a shirt. You can't say Hal Hitler in public. You can't have an Iron Cross flag or, hey, freedom, baby. Like this is the price of freedom, bad and good. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't think that any of us want the government telling us what we can and can't do or how we can and can't mm -hmm. express ourselves. But um you know, we just have to, I mean, I don't think that there should be any kind of necessary ban on any sort of um, ideology or anything like that. Uh, mm -hmm. Because, you know, when, once you start, <laughs> you know, yeah, it may, yeah. it may be, be good in, in the beginning, but, you know, where does it stop, you know? Exactly, um, domino effect. Yeah, I mean, one unfortunate but probably uh, a good thing about all this is a lot of people are showing their colors now that, you know, yeah, um, we kind of are seeing, you know, what side of the fence people stand on. And, 
you know, they're going to have to be judged for that by, by everybody else. You know, it's whether, you know, they're going to be on the right side or the wrong side of history on this. And um, are you surprised in your community when you see people, as you said, showing their true colors, or is it kind of like, eh, everybody's kind of fallen into the columns I thought they were going to fall into? Well, I, I think that, you know, I, when I see people, you know, who are supporting Trump, you know, and I, I, I see, you know, supporting like a, a kind of racist agenda that they, I see a lot of people who don't see it as that when they're the ones doing it, you know, they're like, well, we're just, this is almost like a protest, you know, um, against mm-hmm. the status mm-hmm. quo. And against but political they, correctness. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of ignoring everything else, but. You know, I, I don't think they see it as them, wa- you know, walking around with swastikas on, uh, on their arms. But, <laughs> but you know, it's it's who you throw in with. You know, it's it's really that's you know who you support is 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 pretty much you know what side you stand on. And you know, that's I, I don't know. I don't I don't think that uh, that necessarily like hide making people hide that is is going to be beneficial because. Um, you know, it's it's almost better to have it out in the open. Agreed. Um, Kevin, wrap this up for us because I want to play one of Al's songs. <coughs> Where do you fall on this? Should we start curbing in the so called hate speech? Should we just ostracize and alienate all the extremist assholes out there? How do we combat this scary road we're going down? Yeah, I don't I don't have an answer for that. Um it's like uh if you do try to curb it, then they're going to turn it around on you and be like, like, you know, we're just doing what you said we could do, free speech. You know, yep. if we have free speech, yep. then we should be able to say whatever we want. It's like... Eh, yeah, the old fire in a theater isn't really a thing anymore, right? Like, I always grew up like, you can't yell fire in a theater. Now it's like, fuck, I could yell fire and bomb threat and, and fucking uh, alien evasions. Like, people are really entitled now with their freedoms. Absolutely, yeah. But these people that you're saying are entitled are the same people that are saying that we were entitled. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a, a sick conundrum, man. It's a catch twenty two, and it's it's really scary, man. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that we're at fault. I'm just saying that this we're in a fucking weird place right now. So I don't we know are. what the answer is. Sad but true. Ask- All right, Al, set up this new Deacon song for me because I didn't even have a name or anything with the file. <laughs> this is called "The Way You Live." It's uh, something that we recorded when we went in to record for our split seven inch that we just released. Um, and we're not sure what we're going to do with it yet. Um, it's a little more, uh, it's a little different sound than the standard punk rock, uh, you know, rock and roll Deacon song, but, uh, but we like it a lot. And, um, that's it. Where you live. All right. Let me ask you this question before D hits play. Because this is yeah. something I thought of while I was listening to, and I'm grooving to it. D liked it, of course, because you can understand the words. Are you beyond the whole punk rock expectation? You're like, dude, I just want to play music. If I like it, I like it. I'm not trying to live up to any label. I'm not trying to live up to any kind of standard or idea of what people want to hear. I'm just making music. Are you at that point now as a musician? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, we, you know, that's why pretty much what. Well, I have two bands. <laughs> <You know? laughs> 
it's just for for different uh, outlets, I should say. You know, I, I still love to play fast, heavy music, loud music, and that's what M13 is for. And, uh, you know, the Deacons is, you know, when we want to get down the Dr. Bold and some kind of folk stuff, whatever. There's, I mean, there's really no rules with either band, but it's just it's just kind of how it falls. Are people receptive to it, or do people come in and go, ow, pissed, oh, man, I'm ready to pump my fist? And then they're like, I don't understand what's going on. What are you doing, dude? Yeah, they hate it. They hate it. <laughs> really? <laughs> no. no, but when 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 I used to uh, when I used to do solo shows, I, I would get that. <laughs> wow! Like, All right, like a solo acoustic <laughs> stuff. Yeah, people would be like, what the hell? But, uh, All right, D, go ahead and hit it because we've only got a few minutes left, and I got one more topic I want to hit.
Odell, give us your review. Nice. Loved it. <laughs> Absolutely loved it. <laughs> awesome. So what's the vibe like when you're going into playing a show and like putting out music like that? Because like you said, Deacons, it's like a big departure from like the Pissed. I mean, are, are yeah. you getting the same energy level? What is that show like? Well, you know, I, yeah, I think so because it's still the the attitude is still punk rock, no matter what we're playing. You know, we just it, it is what we are. You know, <laughs> we can't really yeah. you know play like nice music, um, you know, with a with a positive attitude. <laughs> um, it's it's just you know, no matter what we have, it's going to have a certain energy. It's going to have a certain attitude to it, and you know, and yeah, I mean, we play punk rock shows mostly, you know, we play with, you know, a lot of different types of bands, but, you know, we all kind of have that same sort of punk attitude, you know, I mean, Odell, let me throw this over to you. I mean, punk rock is more an attitude than the music, right? I mean, this is why the coop is on Epitaph because it's an attitude more than it is actually the music, right? I, I think so. I think it's always, I mean, um, I think it, 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 you know, when everybody, you know, people say punk is a way of life, I think, it, yeah, I think it spans more than just the music. So I think the music is a blueprint um, for it um, or, uh, and just one way of expressing, but I think, you know, going against, I wouldn't say necessarily the norm all the way, but just doing what you feel. It's, it's definitely an attitude. It's definitely, uh, you know, and that can, that can go in, you know, writing, that can be in, you know, drawing or, or, you know, the way you may see things, the way education is perceived. Um, it, it, it definitely, I think it translates into a lot of different things, especially as you get older. At least that's how I feel. Amen. Um, why do, why do I have to, yeah, why do I have to go exactly this route? Why can't I take this route to get there? Um, it's just because somebody has been traveling it. Doesn't yeah, if you're over 40 and you still don't want to be shoved into a box, you're still pretty punk rock. <laughs> that's the way i look at it all right i want to hit this because i want to end on a positive note but let me hit this one real quick thing because it's kind of stupid d you saw a commercial for this movie and you were like tickled pink you're like i want to see this movie so bad yes. it's kind of an animal animation type movie those have been big with like the secret life of pets and all that stuff the movie sing there is there's a backlash like there's a backlash with everything um they're saying the movie's racist because the gorilla which is subversively supposed to represent black people is the thug and the criminal in the movie and you think about this stuff that just went like steve martin he tweeted something out when carrie fisher died and he was like you know like carrie fisher was the sexiest woman in the galaxy and he had to remove his tweet cinnabons Mm -hmm was like Carrie Fisher has the best buns in the universe. A play on Cinnabons, a play on the buns mm-hmm. on her hair from the first yeah. movie, yep. and a play on her sexuality, and they had to take it down. And I'm looking through this comment thread, and people are pretty much like, social justice warrior, politically correct libtard. Is this why people hate liberals, because of backlashes like this? Is there any justification in... Oh, this is a secret super plan to make. Because um, he was like, I was, I went to go see Sing with my six year old daughter, and she said, "Daddy, why is the gorilla the bad guy?" And I had to explain racism to her over chicken nuggets. Like, is this actually a <laughs> thing, or is this why people hate liberals? Uh, yeah. 
That's totally why people hate liberals and social justice warriors and blah, 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 blah. Dude, if you want to fight against something, fight against something that actually sucks. Now, I understand, and I think it sucks, and Hollywood is run by white people. That's just the way it's always been. It's not right. It's making incremental changes, and I appreciate that. But Hey, 30 women in Congress, that's more women that's ever been in Congress. Even in this administration, at least that's something, right? Right. I mean, and it's like... I mean, and I, I can't say that, oh, I'm okay with the fact that the gorilla just happened to be the darkest skin character and just happened to be a gangster. But let me and- play devil's advocate because the people that were replying to this is like, if you see the, if you equate the gorilla with the black guy, then you're the racist. Like, you're the racist uh, for pointing it right. out. Right. But you know mm. what? You're, does that mean you're sexist if you notice that Barbie. Is this tiny. is kind of the racist equivalent of you, um, you know, whoever smelled it, dealt it. Yeah, it really Isn't is. kind of like the racist <laughs> it equivalent? It really, really <laughs> is. So it's like, dude, it's a kid's movie. It's adorable. Take your wins where you get them. I mean, it, it's a bunch of animals doing like a talent show and it's adorable and I want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, let, let's go. Oh, 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 you hear that, Nick? You heard that? Oh, yeah. He that's already knows. That's day night, dude. No, no, no. That's, uh, that's my that, daughter and I. Has been obligated. Orally obligated. There it is. No, that's okay. my oldest daughter and I. We have a big thing for musicals. Uh, we went to see Into the Woods on Christmas Day. Like, that's our thing. So we're going to go oh, see okay. Beauty and the Beast. Like the day after it comes out, two days after it comes out, yeah, that that's our thing. Right. So we're gonna watch that. Yeah. Nice. By the way, talking oh. movies, and let me just throw this out there: Rogue Night, uh, Rogue Rogue Night, Rogue One was the oh, best Star Wars movie since the originals. Oh my god, I so I don't understand the backlash. I don't understand Rogue Knight is a secret anti-Trump movie, and it's making Darth Vader look bad. I don't. Awesome. I can't even wrap my brain around the backlash <laughs> from the old right about Rogue Knight. Oh my god. Rogue, Rogue One Knight. was unbelievable. Yeah, Ro- I keep saying Rogue Knight. Rogue One actually recaptured the feeling I um, had yeah. as a seven-year-old watching Star Wars. Yeah, dude, that movie. My son, I like D said. That's my thing with uh, with Linus is that you know he's seven. So when those movies come out, we go and see it. When like the Marvel movie comes out, we go and yes. see it. You know, we we don't That's go to too many too. movies and stuff, but. Um, that's a rare for, thing that the whole for that kid to, to sit down and literally be on the yeah. edge of his seat for two hours and twenty minutes and be totally enthralled and got every single character knew who they and were. It's awesome to give your kids that same experience you had as a kid. Yeah. Right? Oh, and figured it all out, and then he got to see how it ended. It was great. Darth Vader was a beast. <laughs> I mean, that dude was a was yeah. It was it was awesome. It was great movie. Well done. All right. Let me stay on topic here because I, I want to get to something in 2017. I want to end on a positive note. Um, being the only person of color on the panel, Odell, is there any what? validity <laughs> in this guy saying that Sing is a racist movie because the gorilla is the bad guy? No. It's one of those things where I think you can see where the animosity can come from because Unfortunately, black people were labeled as gorillas. We were labeled as monkeys. That was, if you look at the old 1930s, 40s, your Bugs Bunny cartoons, all the stuff that came out back in the day, you know, black people, oh, Asian yeah, people there were some were, racist cartoons back then. Yeah, those were some serious, and 
And I think a lot of people still harbor those ill will. I'm, I'm, matter of fact, I'll take it even further. The Washington Redskins, they, one of their offensive linemen, Trent Williams, Trent Williams you know, 6'5", 320, he's a monster. He has a giant back tattoo of a silverback gorilla on his back. And, he, and a handful of years ago, he posted it on, on uh, Instagram and, um, that he was getting this thing done. And people were like on him, like, do you understand what we went through for you to, you know, and you're going to get something like that. And, and it was just like, whoa. So you, 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 it's, it, the sensitivity is high. And, um, but there, you know, you can, I can see it a little bit where it comes from, you know, you, you sit and go and see a movie, you know, like, why is the gorilla black? Why has it got to be a black dude? You know, <laughs> but, is there, and, 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 but you go, I, I didn't go to that movie and even think black guy gorilla. So you're the fucking no. thinking that. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I see where you're coming from with that too. Yeah. It's like, it's just, I think it's a sensitivity level, but I think like D said, there's certain things that it's like, okay. Okay, now you're getting a little too. I mean, why should Steve have to take down his tweet because he's like, I always that was stupid. Yeah, all he said was she was a beautiful creature, and then and then he and then he said he said because if you read the tweet, it basically says it was the first time he had laid eyes on her. So it was like, oh my gosh, here's this beautiful creature coming toward me, and then he in the tweet. If you read it, the whole thing, he's like, and then I really got to know her, and she was a beautiful person inside and out, or something like that. Yeah, so it's it was like, really nice. All he did was all Simba. he did was give a very like how stunning she was and how she blew him away when she first saw him, and then she was even nicer and even matched that as you know after he got to know her. So yeah, when I saw that, I was like, wow, okay, now 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 you. You know, you're picking the wrong battles. It's like that. There's other things that are going on in this world right, fair that enough. you should be more offended of. Yeah. Um, let me wrap this up on this topic with Kevin and Al. Kevin, first, do you understand that, like we, the, us, like people who are lean more to the left, people are liberal. I hate titles. Do you understand this is why there's the backlash because of this whole sing outrage? But I mean, it's on the right too because, like I said, Rogue One was getting an outrage. It was an anti-Trump movie, like it. Do you see any validity in this whole scene like it's racist or in the Steve Martin or Cinnabon's, um, Cinnabon's um, tweets that they're somehow sexualizing Carrie Fisher now that she's gone? Is there anything to this? Or are people just online just spewing shit? Uh, I think it's pretty extreme. Uh, you know, I don't know anything about Sing. Uh, actually, the first time I heard about it was after I saw Rogue One. I went to a bar and had a beer, and these other people were like, oh, we got to go see Sing. I said, what the hell is that? So anyway, I, you know, I don't know. Does the gorilla have a black guy voice? Is this, I don't, I don't know anything about it. He sings what rap. Like, like he sings, I see what yeah, you're... like rap or hip-hop or whatever. And so, yeah, it's it's kind of portrayed that. But, I, I mean, are I don't know. Blowing it out of proportion. Especially, okay. like, especially the Steve Martin thing. I mean, it's really hard to be a comedian in a... PC world. I mean, it's kind of their job to be, you know, a little racy, a little dirty. And, uh, you know, if you're going to come back with backlash about uh, a sort of sexy compliment, then, uh, you know, what are you you fighting for? Yeah. You know, there's there's more important issues to uh, attack than uh, the comedian. I think we all agree. Um, Al, pissed. Yeah. 
What yeah, do you, you think? Know, I, think, I mean, this is crazy, right? Yeah, and I think that a lot of the problem is, at least from my opinion, is <clears throat> a lot of people in you know, the world, I guess, um, a lot of people are followers. There's not a lot of people who are out there expressing critical, independent thought. So yep. a lot of these are started by one person. I mean, like just like the thing with Singh, it's one one person is saying, this is what I think. And then all of a sudden everyone's like, yeah, I think that too. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and they're just yep. piling onto it without really sitting back and kind of analyzing it for themselves and making their own opinion about it. Uh, I think if you took that original thought away and just asked somebody, what do you think of this trailer for this movie? Or what do you think of this movie? The first thing out of their mouth isn't going to be, I think it's, uh, you know, a racist portrayal. Um, yep. Or I think that this tweet is offensive. But it's no more stupider than saying Rogue One is an anti-Trump movie, a script that took place in the 70s because it runs a junction to the original Star Wars movie. Yep. So it's not even yep. a, I haven't seen it yet. I mean, I hope it's an anti-Trump movie, but... No, it's not, but it's really, really good. you like it anyway. Does that mean that Empire was a pro? Because I'm looking forward to seeing it. But. <laughs> no, indeed, you're going to love it. But it's so funny that you said that, Al. It's, it's so funny that you said that because the scary thing is about all of this is that our president-elect our does the same thing, you know. He's yeah, but it's pathetic, though, right? Because in that one... There's crazy thing. tweets out there, and you're like, dude, you are the president-elect, or you're, you're sitting running this country, and the moment says somebody said, Alec Baldwin portraying you for crying out loud, and you're still harping on SNL. It's like, it's yeah. like you know... Or Hamilton. Just, uh, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, you hit it right on the head, dude. There's no thought in it at all. It's just a matter of somebody saying something. People are like, yeah, 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 yeah. Those yeah. movies are prophetic, right? Because one of those new Star Wars movies that came out like 20 years ago, the girl gets up in the Senate and she, like the Clone Wars, like the, he makes up a phantom menace, he makes up a fake threat, then he accumulates all this power and she's like, this is how democracy dies with a thunderous applause. And that line yeah, has always yeah. stuck with me. Yeah. And, I, you know, and yeah. she's like, dude, everybody's being fucking duped. And it was kind of a prelude where we are today. <laughs> it's very scary. It's very real. I mean, even the the Star Wars movie that was made before. You remember they were saying it was so anti, you know, uh, conservative. Da, 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 da. There was a lot of jabs in it, and I'm like, what? Really? Okay. All right. Awesome. I wanted to play some new music. We're not going to have time. I've got to get out of here. Let's real quickly. Let's end on a positive note. Um, I'll start with Odell. I know you sent me a bunch of stuff from Run the Jewels. Let's try to keep yeah. it in the musical arena. What with all this great talent disappearing from our lives, and I don't know. I don't believe George Michael's going to make nineteen new albums like Tupac did after he died. So I have to assume <laughs> a lot of these guys are gone, new material wise. What yeah. do we have to look forward to in two thousand and seventeen? Who should we be looking out? Oh man! Uh, well, Run the Jewels, their new album is—it's already. It actually came out. They, um, they um, pushed. They did a surprise and released it on the website on Christmas. It's supposed to come out like three week, uh, like this week or next week. Um, phenomenal MCs, uh, Killer Mike, uh, an Atlanta I break. Know Killer um, Mike was in that band. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and, 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 and real quickly to the political arena, he was a huge Bernie Sanders advocate. Um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the XX is coming out with a new album. Um, I, my wife, it's my wife, by the way. Yes. Yeah. Uh, 
absolutely love them. Um, Slater Kenny's coming out with a live album here soon. That I'm looking forward to hearing. Um, uh, the Japan Droids, um, who I think are a very underrated band. Um, they're coming out with new stuff. The Orwells, who we've had on the show, they're getting ready to come out yes. with new stuff. I heard, I heard a new song from them uh, yesterday. What was um, it like? Because I haven't checked them. I know Mario was saying last time he wasn't going to really do anything that could even be considered punk anymore. Yeah, it's very, it's Orwells. Like when it, when I, because it was one of those things I got in my car and I, and I have it on the college radio station up here, uh, WTMD. And um, I just turned it on, and it was like, I was like, oh, that's the Orwells. <laughs> like, I, I knew it. And it was like, I think the song's called... From uh, the music or from up. the voice, from Mario's voice? Well, both. Both, because the, the guitar, the, the noise, the fuzzed-out guitar, the way my man plays the guitar. And then, and then Mario's voice is very unique, so you, you know where it's coming from. I'm like, man, that's the, Oriole, that's the Orwells. And it's a good song. It was... It was uh, they, uh, they found a body in the, bi- uh, in the bayou or something like that. The body so they didn't straight too far from their roots, then. No, it, it's 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 very Orwell. It's nice. good stuff though, but it's very yeah, I'll Orwell. Have to reach out to him. Yeah, but yeah, there's a lot of really good stuff coming out. Um, just uh, just be on the lookout. A lot of uh, uh, older bands that we grew up on are coming out with stuff. Uh, Zach De La Rocha, he just released a song at the end of last year. It looks like he's coming out with a, an album. Who was produced by the guys that did run the jewels that do run the jewels stuff. Wow. Um, and they big collaborators on that as well. So, um, there's a lot of good stuff coming out. A lot of, a lot of good stuff coming out. Kevin, what's the big hurdle musically 2017 is everything just so watered down. It's going to be impossible to be original or with this Trump presidency. Do you think it's really going to light a fire in people to put out some new, some really original sounds and some angst that we haven't heard since probably the grunge era. I hope so. I hope that that's the <laughs> loss of this. And I don't, you know, I can't see it not happening. I mean, this is such a polarizing election, such a polarizing campaign that I think that uh, I think there's no way that great art isn't going to come out of this. It's going to be awesome. Uh, listen, I I've been slacking on new music. I listen to a lot of '70s music and I listen to a lot of jazz and stuff, like the BJ's. Yeah, I listen to a little BG, a little Rundgren, you know, stuff like that. David Bowie, of course. Uh, so what I'm excited about is found out about the band The Lemon Twigs. Uh, yes. Brothers out of uh, New York or something like that. They're very poppy, uh, very Beatles. Flaming Lips is coming Beatles. out with a new album. Uh, but what I'm really excited about and I found out about today is that the Hot Snakes are recording again. And they're uh, one of Ooh. my favorite... Uh, yeah, one of my favorite rock and roll slash punk bands, and I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure that's going to be politically fueled. <laughs> so we'll see. Oh, yeah. But that's you what think? I'm very yeah. excited about. Yeah. All righty. Al Pissed, what do we have to look forward to musically in 2017? And yes, you can be a shameless self-promoter. <laughs> well, you know, I'm I'm sort of in the same, same boat that Kevin is. I, I really haven't listened to anything lately that's like any uh newer than like yeah 1970 so <laughs> um <laughs> but um, yeah i mean they, you know if, if you want to hear some self-motion we did just release our uh split seven inch with both bands that, that i play in uh the deacons and m13 um nice. find me on facebook if you want to get a copy of that um 
And I just want to put this out there in the universe. <laughs> we were talking about this on the way home from practice last night while we were listening to um, that last, the new uh, Tribal Quest album. Was wouldn't it be amazing for some kind of collaboration of the surviving members of Tribe Called Quest and the surviving members of Beastie Boys to kind of put something Ooh. together? So, Throw some Ron D. in there. I'm just going to put that out oh. there just in case <laughs> somebody hears it and wants to pass it on. Not a bad idea. That's a great that would be, Yeah. <laughs> Hey, I've got a I've got an ending question here, and I don't understand how my brain works. Why does 2017 sound so much more fucking futuristic than 2016? <laughs> I hear That's 2017 a good question, man. Spaceships and robots, and you know, because robots. 17 is a prime number. There you go. There you go. More angular. Ah, there you go. There it is. Yep. So more silly. Bringing the logic once again. The date has the more futuristic it sounds. Contested yep. <laughs> theory. Seventeen. All righty, so here yeah, we are. Our ten. first yeah. show of musical osmosis. Al, thank you very much for spending, geez, almost two hours with us, Kevin. Yeah, same man. Thank you. You too. D, you did a hell of a job as always. I took my pee breaks and nobody even knew it. <laughs> oh, oh damn! Until now. <laughs> Until now, I I don't care. I have no secrets to the fans. Odell, I said, hey, man, who do you want to end the show with? We have so many great artists, so many great songs, and you picked Prince. Why did you pick Prince to end this tribute show with? Well, you know, it was a crazy year. I figured, why not go out with a a very prophetic, crazy song? And uh, Prince was just a phenomenon. Uh, You're talking about somebody that crossed all barriers, sort of like David Bowie, just Whatever he touched was was magnificent. I I I used to call Prince like the modern day Ray Charles because it was like he could do any genre of music and and make it his own. And and guys like David Bowie and Ray Charles and those cats could do that as well. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Alrighty, I want to thank everybody for calling in. You guys have a great 2017. We'll have everybody back soon. We'll be back here next Wednesday with the or not next Wednesday, two weeks from today with the feathers. And we'll be on this Sunday, yeah. comedian Christopher Titus and Tyler Labine. And, uh, you know, we forgot to mention, he's going to be in Super Troopers 2 with Will Sasso. They're going to play uh, Maltese. So I'm assuming the Super Trooper guys are going to Canada to this movie. Nice. Nice. So I'm looking forward to talking to Tyler, man. I've been trying to get him on the show for years. I've been trying to figure out how to reach him. And finally, he's got like a Twitter up and running. And I tweeted at him, and he was like super fucking cool. So I'm excited. I'm stoked about Sunday. Right on, right in. That's cool. That's cool. Buddy, we're old and we're tired. Everybody's energy level has just crashed. (laughs) All right. All right, guys. Everybody have a great 2017. (laughs) And Al, thanks so much. Odell, I will talk to you soon. Hit it, D. Let's go crazy. All right, bro. All right, guys. Happy New Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to get through this thing called life. Electric word, life. It means forever, and that's a mighty long time. But I'm here to tell you there's something else. The afterworld. A world of never-ending happiness. You can always see the sun, day or night. So when you call up that shrink in Beverly Hills, you know the one. Doctor, everything will be alright. Instead of asking them.
how much of your time is left Ask them how much of your mind, babe Cause in this life Things are much harder than in the afterworld In this life You're on your own And if the elevator breaks down, go crazy What's the highest 